It's the Americhicks with Molly Boats and Kim Monson. The most important stories. They are like this newfound, off-hinged part of the left. Even Chuck Schumer's pushing back on. The latest in politics and world affairs. The buck is stopping with Trump. The different administrations prior to him have been kicking the can down the road on a number of issues. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. The heart of this is, is the U.S. Constitution a progressive document, or is it something that should be looked at as an original document? It's the Americhicks. Molly and Kim. Because face it, ideas matter. Because ideas matter. Oh boy, do ideas matter, that's for sure. Welcome to the AmeriChicks. I'm Kim Munson and Molly is out for the week. We are dissecting issues, uh, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. So be sure and check out our website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for our emails. We'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming events, topics, uh, important events uh, coming up. And we are the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. We offer a conservatarian perspective. Uh, we're very excited that beginning on Monday, January 28th, 5 to 8 p.m., over at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial, we are partnering with uh, the Dr. Tom Cranowitter team, Speakeasy Ideas, to bring you Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. Uh, Dr. Cranowitter is creating a fascinating lecture series regarding the Federalist Papers. Uh, so go to americhicks.com. There is a link there where you can register. And we will meet the fourth Monday of each month throughout 2019 and go through the complete Federalist Papers. You don't need to read anything for this first one. And actually, people are signing up for the complete year. Uh, I'd highly recommend that so that you're, you're assured of a spot at each of the lectures. If you do miss one, not a problem. They do stand alone. But if you uh, sign up for everything, you actually get some cool stuff. You're going to get a, a little wine charm. Uh, you're going to get a name tag. And uh, it's going to be really awesome. The other thing that's great about it is uh, the registrations are coming in at a very brisk pace. And uh, so if you want to attend, you better go, ha- go ahead and make that reservation. So hope to see you there. It's going to be awesome. Lots is going on out there. So let's start off with a little, uh, a little funny. Uh, today's funnies is uh, three contractors are bidding to fix a broken fence at the Capitol. One is from Chicago. Another is from Tennessee. And the third is from Texas. So all three go up to the Capitol to examine the fence. So the Texas contractor takes out a tape measure and does some measuring. Then he works some figures with a pencil. And he says, well, I figure the job will run about $900, $400 for materials, $400 for my crew, and a $100 profit for me. The Tennessee contractor also does some measuring and figuring. And then he says, well, I can do the job for $700. for materials, $300 for my crew, and $100 profit for me. The Chicago contractor doesn't measure or figure, but he leans over to the Capitol official and whispers $2,700. The official, incredulous, says, you didn't even measure like the other guys. How'd you come up with that high figure? The Chicago contractor whispers whispers back, $1,000 for me, $1,000 for you, and you hire that guy from Tennessee to fix the fence. Done, replied the uh, government official. And that, my friends, is how politicians work. So there is, uh, there is a lot going on. We're going to be talking with uh, Kim Gilmartin uh, shortly 
regarding a bill that was dropped in Colorado yesterday. I want to give you a little information. Uh, I was with a bunch of the girls yesterday up in Boulder for the Tapas and Topics for lunch. And then last night, uh, the girls came over to my house and we talked about a number of things. But yesterday, House Bill 1032 was dropped here in Colorado. And uh, I have not read the whole bill yet. That's going to be the homework for each of you out there because we need to understand what we're really talking about if we're going to be engaging people on these important subjects. Um, But it's uh, titled, I believe, Comprehensive Human Sexuality Education. Uh, And the description I'm getting, it's very explicit in what will be taught and what will not be taught in all public school sex education. Uh, Kim said that the rules will also apply to charter schools with no exceptions. It is a lengthy bill, but the core of it that it requires LGBT practices be taught and presented as normal and fully acceptable behavior. All contraceptive methods must be taught, including all the abortifacient uh, methods. No religious values can be promoted or encouraged in any way, either explicitly or implicitly. Abstinence can be mentioned, but it cannot be taught at the primary, as the primary method of birth control. It says this bill is a manifesto for rigidly requiring all schools receiving public funds to a numerality that is bereft of uh, actual morals. The LGBT values required, but biblical values are prohibited. And uh, so I took a look at it, and uh, interestingly enough, the sponsors on the bill, let me give this to you, um, is certainly one would expect some Democrat sponsors, but also I believe that Don Corum, who is the Republican representative, uh, excuse me, the Republican senator, I think, from uh, the Montrose area, that particular legislative district, is one of the sponsors on this. So it is uh, something that we really need to talk about. Um, From a conservatarian perspective, I believe that parents should have the ability to make the decisions on these particular subjects. And the idea that government is going to get into this and to mandate this and take away the choice of parents to talk with their children about the very personal um, subject of of sex education is first of all I think flies in the line, uh, flies in the face of the my American idea of what education is supposed to be. Producer Steve, what do you think about that? Listening to you go through, you know what the points that are that this this bill is addressing, and right up front where they say no moral or no religious uh, input. Whatsoever, it it just goes right to my very first thought was, this is reducing this whole topic to the most basic level and really basically saying we're no different than the animals. Well, and, you know, we had uh, um, Deb Scheffel, who's on the Colorado Board of Education on recently, and then also we had Jim Lewis, who is uh, a counselor, a Christian counselor. And education, the way that it was initially envisioned by our founders was that it would answer the big question, Steve, of who we are, you know, why are we here and what are we to do? And instead, what we are are moving towards is is a hedonistic empowerment of our kids, uh, teaching them that kind of a life, uh, uh, a lifestyle. And I think that that's one of the reasons that we we as a society are seeing this um, this increase in society, uh, in suicides of our kids is because we are not 
you know, telling them that they are something, they're part of something bigger than themselves, which uh, that is really the Christian perspective. And um, I think that that is one of the reasons that we are having a breakdown in society. And so we talk about mental health for our kids or whatever. You know, when, when we're looking at pushing forward this in our education system, instead of thinking about high ideals, reading great books, we're, we get what we have right now. And we really need to come back to, I think, the conservatarian principle where families, our parents are in charge of the education of their children. And that uh, the government is not pushing for it. In a way, Steve, I think that this is a religion. You know, a, a religion is a belief system. And so this is pushing forward a religion. It goes, it flies in the face of the Establishment Clause in the uh, Bill of Rights. And, in, well, excuse me, in the Constitution. Uh, that uh, Congress shall make no law establishing a religion. And here we have, in the Colorado Legislature, that it looks like we are pushing forward the religion of the LGBT, LGTB agenda. And then we are also using government funds to push that forward. And it is taking away the choice of parents regarding the education of their children and mandating what will be taught. And uh, this flies in the face of the Establishment Clause, in my opinion. Steve, what do you think? Well, uh, you've already touched on it, uh, hedonism. It, it is becoming the religion. I mean, they're, they're plainly stating in the, uh, in the breakdown of that bill, no other relig- you know, no religious concepts can, will, can or will be tolerated in this, and yet you've already used the word hedonistic. It is that they are pushing another religion. It, it's kind of, you know, comes in uh, at an angle. You don't really see it coming. But, uh, you know, we... Cherry Creek school system has already been, uh, what's the best word? It's, they have been found out that in this giving uh, parents a portal into the you know, into right. their computer system mm-hmm. and to see what's going on, what this parent sees is very different from what's really going on. Well, for sure. In fact, I've talked to some of those parents. Two points to really uh, make on this. Uh, is is first of all, uh, I, I heard from a millennial this weekend that said, did you realize that there is a movement uh, to uh, designate pedophilia as a sexual orientation? If, in, if that is the case, then you're going to see that added on to this whole LGTB, uh, another letter into that. So once that happens, that means that we will be using government funds to push that forward. And, and I submit to you that great societies and great people, they care about their children. We care about what we pass on to our children. So that is really, you know, one of the first things is, is the preying on our, our children of this particular agenda. The other thing when I've talked about the establishment clause with, uh, with attorneys, they've said that that really what, you know, what the Supreme Court, what the courts have said is that when you talk about no establishment of a religion, that means no establishment of something that has an, an, an um, attachment to a metaphysical being. Uh, I, I think that, that we're going to have to revisit that because I, a religion is a belief system. And here we have this particular belief system. One other thing, I was up in Boulder with the Tapas and Topics girls yesterday at lunch, and we talked a lot about education. 
And my understanding is is that the higher ed is not real uh, happy with uh, our new governor, Governor Polis, because he said that he's not really interested in pushing forward money for higher education, that he really wants that money to go to uh, preschool, pre-K. Now, my friends, let's just take a look at what's going to happen here. We've got this bill here. I, I, again, I believe it's uh, 1032 uh, that's going to be pushed forward regarding any anybody that receives public funds is going to have to push forward this particular uh, sex education curriculum. And if that is, in fact, the case, and we are then going to be pushing money to um, pre-K, I mean, it doesn't take much to actually connect the dots on what's happening here. And so from a conservatarian perspective, we need to pull money back out of this public education, and we need to empower parents to be able to educate their children, make sure that they their kids are getting the education that they want. So uh, we will. Uh, I'm going to read this bill over the weekend. We'll talk about it again. But I think that uh, those of you that want to be in charge of your children's education, we really need to pay attention to that. So we'll be back with you on that, but do your homework. It's uh, House Bill 1032, and uh, we'll talk again about that next week. Before we go to break, though, on a, on a little lighter, lighter note, the NF playoffs are here. And who moves on, who goes home, that is, uh, that's the question. But, Steve, the bigger question is, is where are you going to watch the games? Hooters, of course. Hooters is your game day headquarters. Watch the NFL playoffs and the big game at Hooters. A special start, a special start at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. Come into any Hooters during the big game and you can enter to win a brand new 55-inch HDR TV. And did you know that Hooters can fly? Hooters wings can be delivered right to your doorstep. And I had the delish new smoked wings last night. And Steve, by the time I got to the table, guess what? They were all gone. That's what happens every time. Uh, And they're only half the calories. So order your Hooters to go or have them delivered right to your front door. uh, And uh, be sure and enjoy those delectable new smoked wings. More info, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com for more information. Now, this weekend is going to be the March for Life. When we're talking about our children, uh, this is really important, the March for Life. And so we have on the line with us Kathy Roberts, who is with uh, Life Choices. And we'll be talking about just what has been happening regarding uh, choices here in America. So this is the AmeriChicks. I'm Kim Munson. I'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you'd like to support the work of the AmeriChicks and grow your business, contact them at AmeriChicks.com. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. 
Oh, man, I have always loved that song. I tell tell you, Whitney Houston, what a set of pipes she had. Um, Rest in peace, Whitney Houston. Um, Welcome back to the Americhicks. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation, and that's what we do every Monday through Friday, is having a conversation about important issues that need to be on your radar. Check out our website, americhicks.com. Sign up for our emails so that you can know who our upcoming guests are, our topics, and important events. We are the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. We offer a conservatarian perspective. And sign up for our Vino and Veritas Federalist Papers uh, uh, book club that will be starting on Monday, January 28th. I think it's going to sell out, so be sure and go to our website. The link is right there. Thrilled to have on the line with us Kathy Roberts, who is with Life Choices. Uh, This weekend is the March for Life. And uh, I really submit to you that great societies and great people care about what we pass on to our children. And Kathy Roberts, welcome. Uh, It's great to have you with the AmeriChicks. Well, good morning. It's good to be here. So the March for Life is this this weekend, and it's a a march really for for children. And uh, you are with Life Choices. So explain to us what Life Choices is and does exactly. Well, Life Choices is not in the political arena, although we all have our opinions and we vote our opinions. Life Choices is here mostly to just take the tide of the death culture and turn that around by educating women on what their options are. You know, there's a difference between going into an abortion clinic where they are going to, it's death culture, where they're going to tell you what you need to do instead of really what do you want and how can we help you. And so that's what we're here for. We talk about their options so that they can make informed decisions. You know, education empowers women, and it changed minds. And it's because of that that we do see turnarounds. It's that knowledge and understanding that uh, there are other choices out there besides abortion. And so we come alongside each woman, and even men if they do come in with their uh, partner, and support them no matter what their choice is. So if women decide to choose to carry to full term, we support them in that. If they choose adoption, we support them in that and help them find the adoption agencies to uh, start that process. Or even if they terminate a pregnancy, we want to to, uh, help them and provide that support for uh, the aftercare uh, and the aftermath of what happens with abortion. And we even support men in that decision. Uh, Typically, we do not see men making that decision. So uh, life choices, there's not only us, but there's other many pregnancy, medical pregnancy resources uh, around. And so we do ultrasound pregnancy tests, STI testing, and um, we do the post-abortion healing. And we even go into the schools. Uh, We are invited in and we do the health education, uh, what's a healthy relationship look like you know a lot of these kids when they fill out surveys they don't even know that they're in a abusive relationship until after they've done a survey on what a healthy relationship looks like so you know it's really important uh, to be truth tellers and when you speak truth people make better choices and so we're on the, the front lines of helping to save lives whether it's the life of a mother who does not have to go now through the rest of her life with regrets or a a young man with the guilt, but um, we're here to help them with making 
their choices. So we don't manipulate or coerce. That's not what we're here to do. They have to live with their choices, but we want them to be educated well enough to make a choice that they are that they feel comfortable with. Well, and I think that it, you know, educating, searching for truth, and engaging in the battle of ideas is really important. I was talking about a different issue in the the first segment, and that is 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 legislation or you know tapping down voices and not letting us engage in the battle of ideas. It's astounding that we have gotten to that in a lot of different issues here in America, uh, Kathy. But I remember when Roe v. Wade, um, you know, came into being, and uh, there was a whole generation of of women that were told um, that, you know, that a a baby, it was just tissue, blah, blah, blah. And I I think a lot of people really bought into that. And um, and there's been this this real push, that agenda after Roe v. Wade, regarding abortion choice and all that, but there's been this tap down, like by Planned Parenthood, I I have heard stories that basically women that have gone in there have not been presented with uh, a bunch of the different alternatives. And I think there's a disingenuousness about that. Uh, Certainly, I think women out there are well aware that that abortion is, is, um, you know, certainly... I don't know. I don't know if I want to say option, but whatever. Abortion is out there. I served on the board of Lutheran Family Services for six years, and one of the things that they were really founded on was uh, helping women that found themselves uh, pregnant, uh, giving their babies up for adoption, which was really a beautiful program. Uh, And as I learned and asked more questions, it was kind of like word on the street. Women knew that if they wanted abortion, they went to Planned Parenthood. And uh, if they wanted to look for other choices, they went other places. And uh, yesterday when we were preparing for the show, you had some very interesting statistics since Roe v. Wade about different facilities or different organizations that were presenting choices. If you could give our listeners those statistics, I thought those were pretty amazing. Well, I don't have those in front of me right now, but I can tell you that they are um, within the within the range. There's a, a man by the name of Kirk Walden who wrote a book, and that was very encouraging to me. And this is at least four years ago um, when I read this book. But he did the history of abortion clinics when after Roe v. Wade, and so. Once they started, I think they started out with about 200, and then uh, there was maybe a dozen, a handful of pregnancy resource centers. And throughout the years, 10 years later, they ended up with, you know, 2,000, Planned Parenthood did, uh, abortion clinics. And then the number even went up to around 2,400, I think, a couple years ago. Well, I want to say about three years ago. And so what what happened is, uh, we, they started to see a turn and a tide in the way things uh, look. The millennials, believe it or not, are more pro-life than my generation. I'm 63 years old. And so um, they they might have some different causes that they believe in that may not line up with ours, but the one thing that does line up is they are more, there are more pro-life millennials uh, than my generation. So we're seeing... Uh, that these pregnancy resource centers are growing, the numbers of the um, 
Planned Parenthoods are de- decreasing. And so today there's more, there's around 2,700 pregnancy resource centers. There's only around 800. In fact, I think the numbers are probably less Planned Parenthoods. And the reason for that is twofold. One is it's hard to, to, not, to deny the truth right now because smartphones are wonderful. A young woman can get on there and they can see that this isn't a lump of flesh. That's the lie they've been told for so many years. And so now they have to make a decision based on that, that knowledge. But they, the biggest issue is there's still fear. And so if they come to a pregnancy resource center, you know, they're, they're going to hear truth and they're going to hear options. And that brings hope to them. And that brings, they know that they have help. And so we're seeing the uh, Planned Parenthoods decrease and our numbers increase. We are changing the tide. It may not feel like it because abortion will probably never go away, even if there is Roe v. Wade turned over. Uh, what's happening is we have to change the hearts and the minds of exactly. society because they have heard for so long and they have fought for so long for this choice, but they've never thought about what the woman wants because a woman never wakes up and thinking to herself, if I get pregnant, I want an abortion. And in fact, 86% of women who abort, it was because of no support. So they come into these, these uh, medical pregnancy resource centers and they find that there is support and that there is hope. And it's only by word of mouth that pregnancy resource centers have grown and increased in numbers. We don't have the millions of dollars like Planned Parenthood to do advertising and to do right. marketing. And, and also um, Planned Parenthood has a political arm as well, which is astounding because they get political money as well and they're quote-unquote a nonprofit. So, hey, Kathy, we're going to have to jump here. Thank you so much. If people want to support you, what is your website? How can people get to you? They can go to www org. Okay, so thank you. It would be a blessing. Okay, thank you so much, Kathy Roberts. And uh, as we mentioned, the March for Life is this weekend. Hey, let's jump over to uh, the economy. Let's talk with uh, Jason McBride. Hey, Jason, we kicked off the first day of the year. We were talking about stocks that had uh, been dropped. They've been kicked around, but had good fundamentals uh, or had even held up well during the sell-off. Uh, so what uh, what do you you see? What are some of those stocks out there that we could talk about today? Yeah, that was kind of fun to start the year that way, and then we had all this other stuff. But, uh, yeah, let's come back around to a couple of those, Kim. Uh, here, here's another one I kind of pulled up uh, a couple weeks ago, a company called Natural Alternatives. Uh, that one trades on the NASDAQ, and they... Uh, are kind of the manufacturer, I guess, of like vitamins and minerals and supplements. So they're kind of the manufacturer behind some of your private labels that you might see at the grocery store or uh, GNC or whatever. But they've certainly had some some very strong earnings over the years, uh, a little bit erratic, and this is a very small stock. I mean, it only trades about 10,000 shares a day. Uh, It's going to move around a lot, Uh, probably not for the faint of heart, Mm -hmm. but their last three quarters, their earnings have been up uh, between 75 and 173 percent. That one was, uh, it's moved up since we talked about it. Um, or not not since we talked about it, since uh, the first of the year, about 9%. 
but the price still seems pretty reasonable. It's not overextended. Okay. And what is the price on that right now? That one right now, I knew you were going to ask me a hard question. <laughs> right now it's at about 1077, Kim. Okay. 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 Uh, anything else? Any other stocks you'd mention right now? Well, there was another one. Now, this one's an example of looking for stocks when the market's getting walloped that just refuse to go down very much. This one's another one called Innoviva Biotech. Uh, symbol on that is INVA. Now, that one has moved up as well since uh, the beginning of the year, about 12%. Um, but these guys also have just had steady sales, steady earnings growth. Uh, it seems like every year their earnings uh, tend to come up. And actually, this one didn't pull back much when the market came down. In the last couple of days, it, it actually blasted off to a new 52-week high. How about that? Wow. Wow, that is amazing. Well, you know, the great thing about this is is that everyday people can actually look at different companies. They can look at the products. They can look at the management uh, with the help of professionals like you, uh, and uh, they can actually become owners in companies and can create wealth. And that is something that is so, uh, it, it's so part of the American idea. And so it's so fun to hear about these little companies. I, I just love that. So uh, Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management, thank you so much. Uh, do you know what we're going to talk about tomorrow yet, or are you still working on that? Oh, I'll think of something and surprise you. Sounds like a plan. So, Or you can, too. You know, if you want to tell me what to do, it's fine. It's your show. <laughs> we'll talk later. How's that? Oh, so that's All right, Kim. <laughs> Jason McBride over at Presidential Wealth Management. That phone number, if you want to talk to him, is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600, or check out chickspresidential.com. We're going to go to break. When we come back, I'm thrilled we will t- be talking with Cheryl Ackeson. Uh, couple of different things. She has actually sued Eric Holder, the Department of Justice, and the FBI because they were peeking into her computer. And then she's also written a, a very important book. So we'll talk with Cheryl Atkinson when we come back. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick, accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financing choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And now, Kim is helping guys, too, with well-priced, made-to-measure shirts, pants, and jackets that fit a busy guy's lifestyle. Guys or gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Well, 
Okay, welcome back to the Americhicks. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website, americhicks.com. That's where we are on Facebook and Twitter as well. We're dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And uh, we offer the conservatarian perspective. Uh, We'll be talking with Cheryl Ackeson in just a moment. I am so excited. But before we do that, it's 2019, and what do you want to do with your future? You've worked hard. Maybe the kids don't want the business, so maybe it's time to sell. Or perhaps you've recently retired from that corporate job and you want to create some cash flow for the future. Then it's time to buy a business. And Chris Cantwell is a business broker with Transworld Business Advisors, and he's the guy you need to talk to. Chris Cantwell buys and sells opportunity. He is an advocate for entrepreneurship, the voluntary exchange of value between individuals, and the rights of business owners to thrive and flourish. So Chris Cantwell knows that small businesses drive the economic engine of America. So reach out to Chris Cantwell for a complimentary consultation to find out how Chris can help you or buy or sell your business. Check out his website. It's cccellscompanies.com. That's cc, like Chris Cantwell, cccellscompanies.com. Let him know that you know the Americhicks. Let's jump right in here. I have admired Shell Ackeson for years. Uh, she is uh, an award-winning journalist, a former correspondent with CBS. She is also the host of Sinclair's Sunday TV program, Full Measure. She's a woman with guts. And uh, so I, 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 I'm just thrilled to have you on the line with us, Shell Ackeson. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, You are a woman with great uh, courage, Uh, but I don't know that you really thought you'd be right in the position that you are uh, now. Uh, You have sued Eric Holder, the Department of Justice, and the FBI. Tell us why. Some couple of years ago, when I was investigating reporting at CBS News, um, I had some sources in the intel community alert me that I was likely being monitored for my work. And they both stated separately that the public would be shocked at the extent to which the government was spying on its citizens. Well, this sounded kind of crazy at the time because we didn't know about uh, Edward Snowden. We didn't know about Associated Press or any of these other cases. But through a source, I was able to have a high-level source forensically look at my work computer. And yes, they found government intelligence software inside and forensic evidence of a long-term monitoring effort um, that included keystroke monitoring, activating Skype to listen in on my conversations and exfiltrate files, um, someone planning classified documents in my computer. We, we have dates and times. We know, you know a whole lot through the forensics. They're sort of like fingerprints. So that became this odyssey, but it became clear as all of these other cases came forward that the Department of Justice was incapable of or unwilling to investigate itself and tell on itself. Does that sound familiar? Uh-huh. So um, I had an attorney who's actually a Democrat but believes and supported Hillary Clinton and President Obama but believes this is a horrible abuse, the worst one he said he's seen in all his years of practice. So we're fighting in court to at least try to identify the guilty parties. And unfortunately, we've learned that even under President Trump, the persistent bureaucracy continues to obstruct and use your tax dollars to delay and make sure we don't get discovery and make sure we can't find the truth. Well, Cheryl, what was it that you were investigating that would would make make them do this? Well, you'd have to ask them, but I will I will say that I was conducting a lot of investigations at CBS that was drawing daily pushback from the White House directly. They would call 
my bosses at the Washington Bureau, they would consult with other correspondents and producers and try to get them to push back. They would call managers in Washington. It was a constant effort. I was covering green energy waste stories they were very sensitive about. I was covering Fast and Furious. I broke that story. Benghazi. And just a lot of things they were sensitive to. But I do want to say, I certainly don't think I was the only one because a lot of news came out about monitoring of journalists. I think there was a program to monitor journalists. And there was a hint of that in a WikiLeaks document that said these contractors that they're called the shadow CIA were discussing that they said Brennan, John Brennan, who went on to become head of CIA, was behind the witch hunts of inside the Beltway journalists that were talking to Obama administration whistleblowers. And this email even said there was a tasker from the White House assigned to go after journalists. So I think that's what really tells the story of what was happening in that era. Were you getting support from your um, employers over at CBS? Were were you flying alone? What did that feel like exactly? It was very strange because initially when I reported to them, as you have to do, that the computer's been infiltrated. You know, that's a very serious thing at a corporation. And they had been in the CBS system, we could tell. Um, they, you know, it was just very strange feeling, strange times. They were supporting my reporting, but also didn't like the pushback from the White House. Uh, there were people there who didn't like the reporting, did not want the Obama administration challenged, even though I thought this was not challenging the Obama administration. It was simply following the facts on, you know, some government oversight scandals. So it was just a little strange. They hired their own independent forensics team, which quickly confirmed the intrusions. But then we kept them quiet for months as we were looking into them further and trying to figure out what to do and doing deeper forensics. But then Edward Snowden came forward. The Associated Press case broke. All this was happening in the same time period. There was a lot of surveillance and monitoring going on. And finally, CBS announced publicly that these remote intrusions had occurred. And, um, you know, they promised to continue following it up. But to my knowledge, didn't do anything after that. But I continued my own effort with independent forensics teams and the lawyer that has helped me and some people since then. So it was just strange. Also, my colleagues, you know, my first response, if I'd have learned of that, especially when the press announcement was made by CBS that this had happened, I would have wondered, gosh, were they in my files too? Were my sources compromised? Not one person asked me that question at CBS. It It just felt very weird and strange times. Wow. Well, in this segment, we have just about four minutes left because in the next segment, we want to talk about your book. But you have sued Eric Holder, the FBI, and the Department of Justice. So where, where are you at on that lawsuit? We, um, for three years, nothing happened, long story short. Then last fall, a year ago, it got transferred to Virginia from D.C. The judge said it was a very serious case with a credible journalist and terrible allegations that she believe were, you know, seem to be believe were true. And then suddenly after the government blocked all of our subpoenas, all of our discovery efforts, the case was dismissed on grounds of government immunity. And yes, these officials do have broad immunity and for some good reason, but we're arguing that they don't have immunity in this case. And we have oral arguments in our appeal January 29th. So we're moving forward. And I have a, an independent group of liberal conservative and libertarian and nonpartisan Lawyers and whistleblowers have signed on to a Fourth Amendment litigation fund on GoFundMe 
So the Atkinson Fourth Amendment Litigation Fund, if anybody does want to help, because the government does have unlimited tax dollars they're spending to fight, and I don't have as many millions mm-hmm. <laughs> as they do to uh, pursue, but we're determined to carry this through anyway. Okay, again, where can people do this? If you go to GoFundMe, it's the Atkinson Fourth Amendment Litigation Fund. Okay, okay. But also, just briefly, if you can't do that, no problem, but tweet or call or contact the Department of Justice, the Trump White House, President Trump, and tell them, that I would ask, quit spending taxpayer money protecting the remote computer intruders in this case. That just is ludicrous that they're doing that instead of investigating themselves. Oh, that is for sure. And, and you mentioned that they have unlimited resources, and, and we need to, government shouldn't have unlimited resources to, to do this kind I mean, they shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. This is one of the reasons that we have the Fourth Amendment. So it's absolutely astonishing. And Cheryl, I, I mean, you're, thank you. Thank you for doing this. And as you mentioned, you had um, colleagues that you should have said, hey, I wonder if they're watching me. And you said, nobody asked you that question. That is absolutely astounding to me. So uh, so let's go to break. We want to talk with you about your book also. Uh, it's Smear, How Shady Political Operatives and Fake News Control What You See, What You Think, and How You Vote. So we're going to go to break. But before we do that, I am so pleased that Act 2 Reforms has a blueprint to adjust the division of power in Washington, D.C. When you hear this kind of stuff going on, yes, we do need to adjust that power. Uh, we're looking, Act 2 Reforms is advocating for a more fair, disciplined, open, and transparent government, regardless of the political power, party in power. Act 2 Reforms is part of the Article 5 Convention of States movement. They're located right here in Colorado, and uh, they're working on five different things that uh, they'd like to see happen. First of all, they suggest that we enforce the rule of law on all federal employees. Number two, they suggest we give Congress a quick tool to block new regulations. Number three, suggest we apply term limits on Congress and the judiciary. Number four, suggest that we make Congress account for all the claims on the federal budget. That's a great idea. And number five, suggest that we sharply reduce the power of money in Washington, D.C. So if you think these ideas are really important, be sure and check out act2blueprint.org. That's act2blueprint.org. And they could use your help as well. There's a lot of people out there fighting uh, for the individual. Cheryl Atkinson, who we have on the line with us, is one of those people. So we're going to go to break. This is the AmeriChicks. I'm Kim Munson. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine recently celebrated 30 years with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. The Americhicks, Molly and Kim, know Karen Levine personally and cannot recommend her highly enough. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. 303-877-7516. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks, Molly & Kim, recommend Predovich & Company as your financial business consultants. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303 791 3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. 
Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website, AmeriChicks.com. We dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And we offer the conservatarian perspective on these things. Uh, Be sure and sign up for our fabulous event, Vino and Veritas Wine and Truth, starting on January 28th with Dr. Tom Cranwitter. He's put together an amazing syllabus regarding the Federalist Papers. And we will meet the fourth Monday of every month over at Waters Edge Winery uh, to learn about the Federalist Papers, which... You know, if we want to protect this American cause, this American idea, we need to make sure that we understand those ideas. And the Federalist Papers is the way to do that. It can be a little bit daunting to try to do that by yourself. So make some new friends. Join us. Check out our website and be sure and sign up. Uh, We have on the line with us Cheryl Ackeson. Uh, She is uh, famous. She is an award-winning um, a correspondent. She was uh, with CBS for a number of years, and she is the host of Sinclair's Sunday TV program, Full Measure. In the last segment, we talked with her about her lawsuit against uh, Eric Holder, the FBI, and uh, the Department of Justice regarding uh, intrusion, spying on her in her on her computer. And uh, oral arguments for her case are at the end of January. But she's also written a very important book. Uh, it's called The Smear, and it is that, uh, let's see, find my notes. So what's the exact title on that, Cheryl? I have too many pieces of paper the here in front of me. The subtitle is How Shady Political Operatives Control What You See, What You Think, and How You Vote. Okay. So tell us about that. I It's sort of a follow-up. I will call it number two uh, to my book, the book Stonewalled, that looked at influence of the news industry and media, but in this case, it really digs into the industry that does all this because it's become a multi-billion dollar sort of quiet industry of PR firms and nonprofits and super PACs and LLCs and law firms. And what they do is they spin narratives. They do political opposition research. They nexus with news and quasi-news outlets. They place personnel and stories there in such a way that I argue the news is extremely controlled now by narratives, which is why you, know, you can watch a lot of different channels, even if they're taking different positions. Why are they all talking about the same three stories when there are literally thousands of news stories that could be reported in a given day and an infinite number of ways to report them? But we are all being aimed and steered toward the same couple of, couple of them by this industry that benefits politically and financially. You know, they have a lot of donors and backers if the narratives go a certain way. So that's what I tried to dig into in this book. Okay, what'd you find out? Well, I found out that um, they're very powerful and effective, and I profiled what Democrats and Republicans operatives pointed to as the most successful one, which is the conglomerate of groups run by David Brock, who worked for Hillary Clinton, started a Hillary Clinton super PAC, Media Matters, which does all kinds of narratives against anybody who reports negatively on the issues, whether it's vaccine safety or Hillary Clinton or whatnot, they have operations and they have a network of several dozen groups under different names that sound like grassroots. Gee, everybody's, you know, look at all these people that are want to boycott this story or getting on social media. Well, it's the same handful of people that they may be called the citizen for responsibility and ethics in Washington, or they may be called, Blue Nation, or they may be called um, the Franklin Group. These are all the same people, and the money moves around, as I profiled in one chapter, between the groups, 
with donors who are masked because of the way the fundraising occurs. You can't really find out who the givers are. It's a fascinating world, and both Democrats, Republicans, and nonpartisan corporations move within it, and they've really figured out how to pull our strings. I hold us and the news responsible for not staying more distant and aware of these efforts. We've, we've in some respects, almost totally succumbed to them. Well, and it's no longer a free press when this is occurring. I mean, the idea of freedom of the press was that you would have uh, journalists, writers that that would shed light on government because government can use uh, force. They can uh, tax people. They have unlimited resources, as you mentioned in your case. You don't have unlimited resources to bring this lawsuit forward. But the government has unlimited resources to try to block your lawsuit. And it was never really supposed to be like that, Cheryl. I'm not quite sure how we got here. But what, what do we, I guess I want to say, what, what can we do about it? But you are doing something about it because you're bringing this uh, lawsuit forward. Let's talk about I that. Think, I oh, go ahead. think people need, people need to keep talking about it and don't just give in. It's what, what looks like a two-tier justice system. If the FBI lies about a Chinese spy, Wen Ho Lee, and he ends up in solitary confinement before they found out the FBI lied about his polygraph. Nothing happens to the FBI. But if someone lies to the FBI about a crime that didn't occur, then they're going to go to prison. If, you know, it just seems very double-sided. I think there's never been more of a sense of that. It's not just under Democrats or Republicans, but there's two standards of justice depending on who you are. And the government can wield its control instead of understanding to me that they work for us. They're supposed to represent us and our interests. They believe they lord over us with money they don't understand is ours. They withhold documents that belong to us, that they gathered on our behalf with our money while on our salaries, and then withhold them from us. It's just gotten to be, you know, way out of control, and we need to speak out and talk about it a lot. Is something you said in the last segment, and what you're describing happened to you under the Obama administration. But you said that, or maybe I, tell me if I heard that right, that there was still stuff like this going on under the Trump administration. I don't know about surveillance. I'm saying the Trump Justice Department is fighting exactly the same way, this lawsuit, as the Obama Justice Department. And what that shows you is someone should have come in and said, in a fair world, What's this case look like? I see they have forensics. The forensics are irrefutable. Let's open a criminal investigation, find out which of our people did this. And instead, they're just fighting it as if it's defensible and or they don't care who did it or why, that they're just digging in their heels and using our tax money without our permission to fight back instead of getting at the truth. It's the opposite of what the Justice Department ought to be doing. Well, that's for sure. And you had mentioned that, that everyday citizens need to contact the White House and say that this is unacceptable. Uh, certainly, uh, President Trump has plenty of battles out there that he's fighting on, and, and um, I don't want to give him a pass, but my gosh, there's so many different things that they're trying to stonewall him on that, uh, you know, it's difficult to fight all of these battles. But this is so well, can, important. Can I say one thing, how, sure. this, how this connects to today's scandals? When Trump came in, I think we now have evidence that there was an operation against him and the people who worked with him. And one of the reasons why there was this operation to surveil and controversialize him and keep him, his Justice Department, neutered was, according to sources of mine, I think evidence has borne this out in the the last two years, President Trump and his administration, including General Flynn, planned to dig into these surveillance abuses and other intel uh, agency abuses. 
they didn't just start in 2016. These have been going on for many years. A lot of people know about them. These agencies and people and bureaucrats and spies did not want that to happen. They're, I've been told by people who work in the government intel agencies that people should go to jail. High-ranking people should be in prison for this. They cannot have Trump and his crew looking around. So I think that's where all of this connects. They, they are hiding, and it's important for them to hide the things like they did to me, and I certainly wasn't the only one, the things they've done to politicians, um, things we probably don't even know about, just we, we only know what we've discovered publicly accidentally. So I kind of think that's how my case fits into the big picture. Okay, so you're saying that President Trump comes in and, and they say, hey, we're going to look into this. And uh, then we end up with all this Russian collusion stuff and Mueller right. and aha. They're terrified of General Flynn. General Flynn knew about having worked as um, in, head of an intel agency. He knew of a lot of abuses. And he was, according to my information, we knew this before all this happened. He was going to go in and review and look at all this stuff. And they knew that, you know, before President Trump, they panicked when President Trump got elected and they saw Flynn is going to get in there. So they made it. If you want to look at it as part of the insurance policy, if they could get an investigation going quickly, then anything Trump tried to do, any, any motion he made toward his own Justice Department, which presidents are allowed to do and do routinely, normally, but anything he did would then be called obstruction of justice. So if he goes to them now and says, you know, look at this or that, they're going to say obstruction. Uh-huh. If he does anything, and that's their protection. That's their little, you know, protective system, I believe, that they've worked out. And as long as Mueller has the investigation going, and there's evidence that he's very conflicted in this now. I didn't go into this thinking that, but I now do. As long as he's in charge of the investigation, then any, they can keep Trump away from his own Justice Department because it will be obstruction if he makes any motion. So they've effectively separated him from his own Justice Department, from the people he needs to look into this sort of thing or to stop the abuses. Okay, we only have a, a couple of minutes. but So when Jeff Sessions recused himself, what do you think when you saw that happen? Well, if he thought he should recuse himself, I can't say he shouldn't have. It's just that nothing ever came of what they've investigated, and I believe that that was part of the insurance plan discussed by James Comey's friend and by FBI agents Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. It's very clear, it's a a logical deduction, that the insurance plan they discussed having had to do with making sure Trump could not get close to the Justice Department for fear of uncovering the things in the intel agencies and justice departments that have been going on. Some of it has been uncovered anyway through osmosis, although nothing's happened to those people by and large. But we, we've learned a lot in the past two years, and it should shock the sensibilities of everybody who's learned about the leaks, the improper behavior, the destruction of documents, the political alleged political surveillance of citizens and their political enemies. This is just a really big story. It is a big story. Okay, one minute. You're talking to the, you know, somebody at the coffee shop, that busy mom who's out there that she she should know this stuff, but she doesn't. Is there any, you know, how would we very quickly explain that something's going on that's important and they should care? Well, what was said to me is that the American citizens would be shocked to the extent to which the government is spying on their own citizens, covering it up and developing their own sort of kingdom or fiefdom where they are no longer accountable to the people but they lord over us in ways that if if it's not touching you today or if you don't see how it's touching you today, 
you know, it, it will. If this doesn't turn around, it, it really will. So this lawsuit that you are bringing forward uh, against Eric Holder, the Department of Justice, and the FBI, this is this is monumental what you're doing, Cheryl Atkinson. It's a landmark case. That's why the attorneys got behind it. It's being watched in the legal community. It's an uphill battle because the, the deck is stacked against me. They need to give me the information so that I can prove the names of the people who did it, and they're not going to give me the information. So we fight on as best we can because I'm not going to just give up and roll over. But You're an American. It's an uphill battle. You know what? Thank you. We have the blood of the patriots uh, pulsing through our veins. So Cheryl Atkinson, thank you so much. Keep up the good fight, and we'll get you back you. Uh, after you have these oral arguments. I tell you what, that is absolutely gives me heart. I'm really excited about that. Our quote for today, Samuel Adams, he said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties, nor can any be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. On the contrary, when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Uh, This is the AmeriChicks. I'm Kim Munson. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, Communicate, listen well, live honestly, authentically, and in the byline of Superman, strive for truth, justice, and the American way. God bless you. God bless America.